Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. You're currently tuning into the Cold Pop Podcast live stream, aka spoiler alert, episode 760, Ooh. wherein we will review the past week's comics as well as talk about some other crap. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia. PA, the super rad shop, which caters to nerdy and nerd adjacent individuals of all shapes and sizes, except jerks. No jerks allowed. Joining me tonight is Brian. Hey, hey. Oh, hey. It's me. I was the Brian. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, it's finally your time to shine. Go ahead. Oh, here I am. That's, that's that was that's me it? shining. Hey, it wasn't that shiny. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think my time to shine will come uh, during the course of the show. Okay. And maybe maybe afterwards in my personal life. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, the joy of doing this live is all of you hanging out in the chat. So pipe up if you feel inclined. Uh, we'll, we'll comment. We'll have a chat. We'll, we'll discuss whatever it is. Yeah. Um, we got some pipers piping already. Dan H says, hey. hi, everyone. Hello, Dan H, as does Mars Comics. He calls each of us out by name. Oh, and, shit. Uh, and then adds the everyone. Hello, Mars Comics. And Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight says, I forgot to send an email because I didn't think I would do inept today since he just had surgery. JD. Oh. That's what he means. He did not think JD would do an episode today because he just had surgery. And surgery, um, yeah. Let's see. Let's see, if we can, let's see if we can show the people at home. JD just had LASIK surgery, and here is the evidence of it before you. Look can at you him seeing things. Can you see the... You can no? see it more on the other one. There it is. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I had LASIK surgery, and I'll tell you what. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. And you are seeing not as well as you'd hoped, right, JD? Yeah. That's my understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why can't I put, I want to put both of us. Yeah, I don't know. There it's we are. Hey, there we are. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I had LASIK surgery a couple of days ago, and by all accounts, by every single account, that has been accounted yeah. to me that I took account of. Um, they told me that they were they could see perfectly the next day, yeah. and uh, I, I I I had the surgery, and they I was on my uh, I went home, and they were like, "Oh, you may experience uh, some discomfort. It may feel like um, you're chopping onions." Uh, what I think like what they onions. meant to say was <laughs> because what it was was uh, it felt like onions were chopping me. Mm. In the eyeballs. Yeah. It was awful. And also, <clears throat> just, just a little bit of a side note. Yeah. My friend gave me an edible. Oh. And they said, only eat half of this edible cookie. Uh-huh. And did you pay okay. attention to that recommendation? I did. I did. Uh-huh. I did okay. pay attention. <laughs> and I ate half of that edible cookie. Yeah. Turns out mm-hmm. I should have eaten half of a half of a half. One eighth. Because holy cats, I was in hell. Uh, yeah. I was 
I was beyond high. Yeah. Uh, and I was in excruciating pain. And I believe the highness amplified my eye pain. Yeah. His majesty. And, um, yeah. Uh, so it was just awful. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be crystal clear. It'll all be worth it. Mm -hmm. And now it is not that. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if I just took off my glasses and have had no surgery. Yeah. Um, everything Except is. Now you is can't put the glasses the back on because they're no longer for your eyes. That's right. As you have them now. They're yeah. for British eyes only. <laughs> Mm. Not the best arc in Arrested no. Development, but still part of the good years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Mars Comics uh, had surgery. Good evening, says Hal. Good evening, guys, on the way to work. Good what evening. are y'all thoughts on Disney Plus Day? Um, Hal, tell me more about Disney Plus Day so that I might tell you my thoughts on it, because I have no idea. Well, the X-Men animated series 97 was part of Ooh. Disney Plus Day. I know that question yeah. was addressed to Hal. But Hopefully I the animation anyway. will be better than the original animation. Uh, one would think. <laughs> one would think they'll make <laughs> use of the advances of the last uh, 20 plus years. <laughs> um, although many of the original voice actors are returning, which is oh, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, there were a number of things that we've probably already heard about before, like uh, Agatha House of Harkness. We didn't know the title, oh, but I'm yeah. down. I mean, I'm down for like anything that... Um, Catherine Hahn does. Yeah, she's great. Uh, oh, I just saw that? he's in a new thing um, with Paul Agatha Harkis. Farrell. Oh, yeah. And the thing I just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's like the the therapist next door or something on Apple. Oh, Fox. is she in that? She is in that. Yeah. Oh, cool. It looks nice. great. And uh, oh, Mrs. Fletcher, I think, is the thing that you were. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. She I was, was so bummed Mrs. that Fletcher. I was like, oh, there's no second season. It's yeah. only following the events of this book. And that's it. She um, was awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to see her getting her due because yeah. she, was, she was on a show with Hank Azaria and um, Anthony Head like years ago. I think um, Natasha Leggero was in it. It was a an American version of a British show about an ad agency. And huh. it was great. I mean, all those people are great. And it lasted like four or five episodes. And I think that was my first real exposure to her. And I was yeah, I was hooked. You know, Jen Barkley mm -hmm. on Parks and Rec. And yeah. Oh, for um, me, it was when she was in Step Brothers. Oh, you know, I've never seen that film. Ah, she yeah. steals that movie, dude. Really? She's only in like two or three scenes. Yeah. But I walked away from that movie remembering, I'm like, I don't know who that is, but she yeah. is funny. She is great. Oh, she's so yeah. funny. Um, and, and with Mrs. Fletcher, also good at the drama stuff. Um, um, oh, and we've Mars, got a... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marks is commenting. Uh, okay, I'm back. And uh, presumably they had left for a minute. And um, she says, the husband is home. I had to go say the hello to him. So in my head, she's uh -huh. watching the show. Uh -huh. And then, oh, shit, my husband's home. Let me go. And she like went to say like, here, have a kiss. Hi. And then like mm -hmm. ran back to the screen to be with I us. Should, I should hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why the husband isn't watching the show, too. But right. It's fine. I guess it's fine. We're all. Yeah. We're Polly up in this piece. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the more the merrier, we always say. Hal2814 um, says, yes, X-Men 97 will look sweet. Continues the story with new animation, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, yeah. and She-Hulk. Okay, so I didn't realize that that was part of whatever this umbrella thing is called. Um, I mean, they just announced Disney Plus Day? On, they just announced them all on that Disney Plus Day. I didn't know there was a Disney Plus Day. Oh, there was um, a day. 
but I did know that these things, these announcements were dropped. I saw the trailer for She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's very skinny for a She-Hulk. The rest of it looks great. Yeah. I like how they even changed. If you notice, they changed the logo, the She-Hulk logo, to be more like a la Law and Order type mm-hmm. typography. I did not and, um, was I there don't an know actual, what that looks like. Was there a trailer for Ms. Marvel? I haven't seen one if there was. Oh, because all I saw was a like couple of stills of like her and some mm-hmm. kid hanging out on the roof. I heard the costume is like comics accurate. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not known for screwing with their looks or anything. Uh, but then she, I hear they're messing with her powers. Like she's not going to embiggen. Oh, you know what? I'll be honest with you, if I may. <laughs> um, as finally, I have been in the finally. <laughs> oh, I'm tired of the lies. Yes. Out of this den of, of iniquity <laughs> and lies comes the truth at last. I have never felt like her power set was one that she should be calling herself Ms. Marvel. You yeah, know, you're right. Yeah. Like either the grandiosity of the name Ms. Marvel or fitting into the other blank Marvel characters, mm-hmm. you know, Captain or the other Ms. Marvel. <laughs> um, yeah. So just those two really, but um you know, she just like kind of stretches and grows and whatever. And I feel like somebody that's called Ms. Marvel should have some energy based powers, should be flying mm-hmm. around, super strong or invulnerable, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, that's that makes sense. Yeah, that's my yeah. deal um, with that. Um, now, the She Hulk thing, you and I had discussed, and I, I just kind of wonder um, the Hulk is shown with both arms in their pre snap order, yeah. right? Like they're okay. And I have never felt like the Hulk should be permanently affected by the snap. You know, he's the Hulk. Come on. Um, And I wonder if some of that is in flashback, it's during the blip, or if he is, in fact, now, you know, healed up. Um, Okay. So, I'm giving it a little bit more thought. Excellent. And the Hulk, (laughs) in my head, and I don't know why this happens, in my head, (laughs) if the Hulk had a busted-ass arm from the gauntlet... Yeah. It would go away if Hulk eventually turned back into Bruce mm-hmm. and then back and in, then back into the Hulk. But because he's Professor Hulk now, he has never Uh-oh. changed okay. anything. He's still sense. from what I understand, unless it's entirely possible that this Miss the She-Hulk mm-hmm. takes place after he changed back to Bruce for some reason and went back to Smart. Well, we do see him as both Bruce and That's right. the Professor Hulk. Now, I could also yeah. see, like, all right, Professor Hulk maybe has less of his Hulkness and so cannot, cannot, um, you know, do his thing um, Hulk-wise as far as healing goes. Um, but we have seen Bruce Banner again since then in his Banner form um, in the post-credits sequence of a film. And he had a sling as right. well. Yeah. Ah, shit, really? Yeah, he was stammered up. Was that under Shang-Chi? After Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi, yeah. Which just dropped, and I watched twice today. Yeah, and I finally got to see the uh, see and hear the post credit scene because the audio went out partially through the post credit scene when I was in the trailer, and I made a bit of a stink about it, and the manager was like, oh, it's the very end of the movie. And I'm in my, I'm like, well, it's a post-credit scene of a Marvel movie, man. Like, that's yeah. an important thing. Um, yeah. That's one of the three most important parts of the movie. 
Exactly. One being the movie. The movie. Two being the mid-credit scene. Mm-hmm. Three being the post-credit scene. Those are the three most important parts. I don't three care most about important. the credits that are after the second post-credit scene. <laughs> or what have you. Um, oh, so now we've also got uh, Spider-Man Freshman Year is uh, presumably an animated series about yes. uh, Spider-Man before we see him in, um, what was it? Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess also unfortunately means that he will have that like sweatsuit costume yeah. that he was I'm wearing. Into that. I'm into yeah. that. You're into it? Okay. Yeah. Originally when I first read it, mm-hmm. I went, wait a minute. Is this is before he gets powers? Uh, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're just talking you know, about like the goggles. Yeah. The goggle sweatsuit. Yeah. I thought the same exact thing when I first heard about the TV show Smallville. For some reason, <laughs> the first thing I heard about it was like Clark Kent before he has powers. And I was like, yeah. who cares? It's like a teen yeah. high school drama. And one day he becomes Superman. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but he did have powers throughout the show. So that was good. Yeah. I guess he just didn't have all of his powers for right. The beginning of it, at least, and and more for the whole thing. Um, I'm excited for all of these things. Yeah, Moon Knight. I'm excited. Oh, I'm real excited for Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I was I was worried that we, what we need more is is Batman. We need more Batman. So I'm yeah. glad we have a a new another Batman to watch. I mean, he's got his own deal, though. He's got he's got dissociative DID. identity disorder, or is yeah. it even a disorder with him? Like sometimes those are actual other people right right? you know what i mean like actual other personalities well i don't know the ins and outs of did but i mean in the context of comics i'm not sure if those are like other fully formed humans that became Mm. like merged into a single person i don't know Mm. um but i like him uh yeah and echo is also coming out oh that's right echo yeah yeah. i guess i'm down with that and and then some oh a marvel zombies animated series which I'll watch it. I don't care too much, but whatever. We already got uh, that from What If. I've had my yeah. fill. That was it? That's all you needed? Yeah. Huh. They'll probably just re-show that episode of What If every week. Every time. Oh, okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. You, you don't have to watch it. And uh, they, they also talked about, like, Secret Invasion, uh, What If Season 2. Which is two, a show, right? Which is a show. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm into that. Um, I, I'm totally into the whole, like, blurring of the lines between you know the prestige of movies and and shows which i mean it's been happening way before the mcu but Mm -hmm. i like it you know all of the coolest stuff is on tv or i should say 90 percent of the coolest stuff is on tv um you know outside of marvel movies or the occasional thing like dune or whatever Everything I'm excited about is on TV, you know. Which, by the way, for anyone yeah. who comes who, who doesn't know, uh, here at the shop, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, every Tuesday night we have either movie club or book club, graphic novel club, and so we uh, tomorrow night are doing Dune, 2021's Dune. I love so it. I have to watch it. I've oh. watched 20 minutes of it uh, after after my surgery was last <laughs> night. And uh, doesn't matter where I sit in the apartment, I can't see the television. It's not good. What if you sat fifteen feet in uh, or fifteen inches in front of the television? Then my wife would be upset. Probably, it would she, kind I, of be like um, you were in the movie theater, though, right? Yeah, like ooh, it would be filling yeah. your entire yeah. field of vision. 
Um, well, maybe you so, can just describe it to her as you were watching it. My plan is to, when we're in bed tonight and mm-hmm. the baby, because the baby sleeps in the bed with us now, um, I'm just going to put the iPad in my headphones and just uh, watch it. All right. It's a, long, it's a long movie. Yeah. Yeah. I got to watch it for you, tomorrow though. night. But I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Uh, Hey, Brian. Hey, what is it? You want to talk about some comics? I actually, if we could talk about one thing real quick, something I've been meaning to ask for a couple of weeks. Hal, 2814, how do you pronounce your screen name here? I always, when I'm talking about the Green Lantern Corps, I say like 2814. Some people say 2814. And I'm just curious. I know. I don't know what's, I don't know what's with those people. And I'm not sure that I want to know, but obviously they have very limited core experience. Exactly. These are not Green Lantern Corps recruits. We can be That's sure right. of that. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious how how do you say it in your head or when you're um, saying now, yours? I have, to other people? I have a question for you. I have a question uh, for you. While Hal two eight one four is uh-huh. answering that question, yeah. I'm going to type something up on the screen here, and That's I it. want to know. Mm-hmm. How you pronounce this name? Probably Zerbergertz. Just I'm guessing. Oh, Gnort. Gnort. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I say Gnort too. Yeah. Who, uh, I mean, what else could you say? Like G Nort. You could say Nort. Maybe I, I think some people think that the G is silent or that the N is silent, and it's Gort. Gord. But I go Gnort. Gord, I think, is the is the robot from the day the Earth stood still, right? Is that? Ah. No, I don't think it is. But if there was no apostrophe. <laughs> Maybe I could, maybe I could yeah. get into saying Nord, but I don't know. I with the apostrophe there for sure. I Gnort, definitely. Gnort, all right, yeah. cool. Yeah, it seems to fit the character so well. All right, well, let's move on while we're waiting for uh, Hal. Let's do it. Let's see. I'm gonna bring up my notes. Not written by Noel this time. I do it myself. Ugh. What the- I mean, technically, they were written by the uh, <laughs> shipping companies of the comics that we are going to talk about. <laughs> the first book we're going to discuss is from Boom Studios. It is called Regarding the Matter of Oswald's Body. It's number one of a five-issue miniseries written by Christopher Cantwell of Halt and Catch Fire, one of my favorite three seasons of TV. Very, did he very good. That show? He did. He was, he was the creator of that show. Is that right? I did not know that. Uh, yeah. And okay. he's also currently the writing the ongoing Iron Man series okay. for Marvel right now. Oh. And uh, the art of this book is by Luca Casalanguida. The, the description is thusly. Mm-hmm. Where is Lee Harvey Oswald's body? The Kennedy assassination is a rat's nest of conspiracy theories, mafia involvement, the second gunman, government cover-up. But... The most important chapter of this sort of tale may just be the theory that the body buried at Oswald's Rose Hill gravesite is not actually Lee Harvey himself. What? Meet the ragtag group of useful idiots who are unwittingly brought together to clean up the crime of the century. A wannabe cowboy from Wisconsin, a buddy Holly idolizing former car thief, a world-weary civil rights activist ready for revolution, and a failed G-man who still acts the part, and specifically regarding the matter of Oswald's body. Mm. 
For fans of Department of Truth and Time Before Time comes an off-kilter crime thriller set in the shadows of history's greatest conspiracy by Eisner Award-nominated writer, producer, and director Christopher Cantwell. Oh, he's also doing the United States of Captain America. And artist Luca Casalanguida, Lost Soldiers and Scouts Honor. So, uh, yeah, first of all, great name. As soon as I saw the name, I was yeah. like, oh, I want th this. I like the yeah. name of this. I'm interested. Uh, what did you think of this first issue, Brian? I'll tell you, uh, regarding the name, I also, I love it when titles are like sentences, you know? I find yeah. that to be cool, just like this. Um, I'm amazed cool. that you didn't go, regarding the name, regarding the matter of Oswald's body. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize that I was making that parallel until I was already a few words <laughs> deep. So, yeah. Um, I thought that it was cool. It was good. Mm -hmm. um, it was, uh, you know, the, the beginnings of some kind of, it's not a heist, but like the beginnings of... Uh, uh, a caper where the guy goes around and, and gathers all of the people that you mentioned in the, yeah. in the, in the solicit. Um, Great word, by the way, I love, I love a good caper. I love capers. Yeah. I like a caper as well. I like participating in them. Yeah. I like to caper about, you know, yeah. in a yeah. slightly different meaning. Um, and I love to read about them. Um, I thought, so there's, it opens up with like a block of text on this page about, yeah. Mr. H and Mr. C and, and all of them. And whenever you open up one of those in a comic, it's like, ah, oh, here we go. I, gotta I literally listen. So Brian, <laughs> yeah. Brian, uh, for the past couple of months have been, has been working in my shop on Monday nights or Mondays to help me out. And, uh, so I went behind, I've got a, I've got a studio here where I print t-shirts and I went behind the, the curtain there just so I could uh, open up and start reading. Cause I knew I had to get these books read for tonight. And I believe the first thing I opened was <laughs> this book regarding the matter of Oswald's body. And immediately I opened to the first page and I went, oh, it's a block right. of text. <laughs> right. I got to get and through you, you this. Could, yeah, you could hear me over the thing and you were like, here's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you just told me in like yeah. three sentences what it was. <laughs> yeah. But well, you omitted some important information. Well, I did, which uh, <laughs> it was to say that one of them also dies. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't come up again in the story, but I imagine it will at some point. Um, and it's, you know, especially for reading for the show and you're like, oh, I got to get this done, <laughs> you know, before the yep. show starts. Now, that being said, I'm glad that they had this in there because <laughs> it is a very, if not supernatural, like definitely something out of the ordinary, most likely supernatural thing where um, it's about doppelgangers and doubles that, this one guy sees this other guy walking around and it's later revealed to him that this guy is sick and he dies. And so it talks about how the, the doppelganger was like kind of released into the world because he was in extreme physical distress or something like that. And it is the only hint of anything like that in this story. So there is, you know, it's regarding the matter of Oswald's body. They've got to, um, They've got to find a guy who looks at least kind of like Lee Harvey Oswald. And uh, and that's what this whole caper begins as. But without that beginning stuff, you wouldn't know that there might be something extraordinary happening. Um, mm -hmm. So I was glad that they right. that they put that in there. Um, all of the people are capably introduced. They're fleshed out pretty well. The guy who's like a bank robber 
and only makes out with about eighty dollars from his bank. Um, yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, he was fun, and uh, you know they all have in just a couple of pages. Uh, the the writer fleshes them out quickly enough, um, and and I thought as this one guy like gathers them all together. Um, so it's hard to say really where the story is going or if it will be a good story, but it's also a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, the art is very nice too. I really like mm-hmm. this um, sort of sketchy, yeah, loose. It, it feels like Paul Asaseda a little bit. Um, it definitely has an indie comics vibe. It also fits uh, the time I, period well. I think like so. This yeah. takes place in the '60s and the '80s, and it just it works. It makes you feel like it's in the past. The art, does, yes, you know, yeah. Uh, oh, how two A one four says, I say two A one four, and then realizing his his error of confusion says yeah. two comma eight comma one comma four. There so, we excellent. go. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Dan H says this sounds terrible. All right, Dan H. Why why does it sound terrible? Do you not yeah, like a what, caper? Do you hate yeah. capers? Yeah. Have you been the victim of a caper? Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe that's I it. would hate thing. I would hate capers too if caper came down on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I think the um, the storytelling is interesting. Everything mm-hmm. is done well, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing I have a problem with is like you got to go find a guy who looks like Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Not probably not, not the most part. interesting. I mean, they also is. even make it. <laughs> Like, he makes it clear he doesn't have to look that much like Lee Harvey yeah. Oswald. Yeah. And I think that's probably why they put the stuff in the beginning. Well, because also this woman that, that you're at now is an expert at forging documents. So, yeah. you know, I think there's more to it than just finding him and putting him in this grave. They have to, in some yeah. way, make him assume the place of Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, but, yeah, without the hint that there might be something unusual going on, I would be much less forgiving of this as a first part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the prologue and the epilogue for this issue. That sort of ground or not grounded it obviously, but, um, Hmm. brought it home for you. Yeah, I would say so to the extent that it did. Um, you know, I, I, all this being said, I, I'm not like itching to get the next issue or anything. Um, but it, there's nowhere to fit into this story or there's nowhere that it was fit in that it's anything more than just some kind of like government cover up operation. Um, and that is a whole different story than if there's actual duplicates of people around, you know? And um, I'll be honest. Um, okay. finally, finally again for once. <laughs> um, I am curious just because I like Christopher Cantwell, uh, mm-hmm. Christopher Cantwell, like, if another name was attached to this, I might've read it and been like, Oh, it's a good looking book. It was interesting mm-hmm. enough, but I don't really care. The mm-hmm. thing that will make me buy number two mm-hmm. is the fact that Christopher Cantwell is behind it. Okay. He's a name that I associate with things I enjoy at this point. So uh, it's definitely worth a shot for me. Now um, I'll tell you one thing about it, that it, it just left me not cold, just uncaring. There is this like kind of tree diagram in the beginning. And then again, at yes. the end, and I'm like, why is why? that? There? You know, like, I, I think we're going to find out every issue. I think one of those names is going to 
Me, I think me. I wouldn't remember from issue to issue yes, <laughs> what yes. had and had not been revealed yet. But yeah, probably. Hopefully, they'll do something. Yeah. Yeah. How? Oh, uh, Robert Monroe Jr. says, "How's the artwork? Sometimes people don't do sufficient research about clothes, cars, windows, plays, logo, lettering, etc., and that takes me out of the story." I'll tell you, Robert Monroe Jr. I haven't done sufficient research about those things <laughs> in this time period, um, so I couldn't tell you. It seems as though they're appropriate to the period, but I, yeah, I wouldn't uh, stake my reputation on it. Um, having been born in 1978, all yeah. of this looks very authentic to me. Sure. Yeah. From Since what I have I wasn't seen here. of other <laughs> fictional things yeah. and uh, things that were old when I was young, yeah, uh, yeah. Should, should be Given my experience of going into a diner and seeing uh, an old photograph of when that diner first came into mm-hmm. existence, yeah, it looks exactly like it looks perfect. It looks good, it's just like that diner you saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is kind of cool too. Chapter one, October fifty fifth. That's a cool hook, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Why do yeah. they call it that? What's the deal with that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Robert Monroe Jr. Um, it's, it may seem like we're we're um, being silly. We are being silly, but I was. That's yeah. true. Um, uh, although it has to be really egregious for me to notice it and pull me out of a story. Yeah, nobody's uh, got the eyes. Not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. What's the next? What's the next book? What is it? I'll tell you. Thank you. It's Robin and Batman number one. Oh, all right. Yeah, from DC Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by artwork by Dustin Nguyen, who you know, you might remember from Lil Gotham. He's done some children's books called Lil Gotham. He also did uh, Sender and Descender, etc. And of course, Jeff Lemire, everyone knows that name. He mm-hmm. does uh, he does a bunch of Black Hammer stuff right now. He's great. I, I generally like Jeff Lemire's work. Ditto. Yeah. The legendary story of Batman and Robin has reached nearly mythic proportions. The crime-fighting dynamic duo, always one step ahead of the criminals they pursue and never meeting a case too big. How are you this one step that's... ahead of a criminal you're pursuing? <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh. You fucked up. You fucked up, DC. With this, uh... Oh, you ruined it. Uh, anyway, this isn't that story. Says the no, it's not. This they don't have to worry the, about it. This isn't the story. I'm sorry. This is the story of a young Dick Grayson, newly orphaned, struggling to <laughs> struggling to find his way in a strange, difficult, dark new world. This is the story of Robin and Batman, the best-selling creative team behind the Eisner Award-winning Descender, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen, reunite in Gotham City to tell a story of a remarkable young man learning to navigate an incredible new world. Um, the first thing that threw me off was that it's called Robin and Batman. Oh, I can't believe I've never seen a book called Robin and Batman before. I know, right? And I didn't even realize weird. it. I just referred to it earlier as Batman and Robin, and you were like, oh, it's Robin and Batman. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's a cool twist, though, for what this story is. You know, I mean, it's like you said, I've never seen that before. And it, it's, a, it's high time that we did. Um, first thing I noticed was, and I'm sorry about this, hmm. the artwork uh, is way too loose. Um, hmm. At first, I was like, oh, man, Jeff Lemire is going to be drawing Batman and Robin. 
I don't know. I don't like Jeff Lemire's art very much. And I really don't, I don't think I'm going to enjoy his take on Batman and Robin mm. or Robin and Batman for that matter. And then uh, I opened up the book and I was like, Oh, this is Dustin Wynn. But the it's the Dustin Nguyen is very Jeff Lemire in this <laughs> very, very um, loose. And I like things a little tighter. Hmm. This is not artwork that I find especially compelling or interesting to look at. Um, that was the very first thing that I noticed and it stuck with me the entire book. I just don't like the art, but I do remember liking Dustin Nguyen way back in the day. Like when he first started, I really liked his work. But whatever this this watercolor, this oh. very impressionistic watercolor work uh, doesn't speak to me. Good. Did he? Dan H has has succeeded where we failed. He said, "Put your eye drops in." Thank you. Yeah, um, excellent. That being said, yeah, I like. I got to put these. These are um, what do you call? What do I call them? They're um, eye drops. Steroidal eye drops. I got to put them in so that my eyes heal because I had the the flaps of my eyes seared open like oh which i could smell by the way i could smell my burning eye meat um i really liked the story i was able to get past the artwork i liked the story well enough um i thought it was very cute i always like a good robin story i enjoy robin stories more than i enjoy batman stories they're just a little bit more interesting to me um so what did you think i'm gonna put these eye drops in you tell the people sure. um i liked it i i didn't have an issue with the art i kind of liked this uh, watercolory art um, for this story and I thought it was very cool there's a, a nuance that we've never seen for that I've never seen from Robin before where he's he's not yet Robin he's going out training and Batman is like kind of there in the shadows as he often is and letting Robin do his thing but he'll be there to step in if it goes wrong and Robin has it, like kind of a, a very bat influenced sort of uh training costume you know it's blue and and black or gray and and that kind of stuff um which i thought was kind of cool we also get a cool scene so as as surprises nobody uh batman is displeased <laughs> with how robin does his thing on this on this yeah. night out and uh, and robin is is overconfident um and then so we get them this driving. is listen this yeah. is a scene that <laughs> We have seen so many times, and it's never a surprise. It's always like, don't go out. You're not going out tonight. I'm the Batman. I say what goes. You're grounded. You're not going anywhere. And he's always like, all right, bye. I'm going to go be Robin. Yeah. What did I tell you? Yeah. Oh, you went against what I said. I guess you'll be Robin. This is like happens every time. It's how, it's their dynamic. Yeah, it's, it's their dynamic. Yeah. Of the, the yeah, it's of that particular duo. Yes, it's this duo of which we speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on the car ride home, I thought it was pretty cool that uh, it looks like Batman and the car on this page on the left. Batman and the car are the same art exactly, and and Dick Grayson's kind of making different faces, but mm -hmm. the red uh, coloring changes yeah. from one panel yeah. to the next. And I just thought it was a very cool effect. Um, yeah. to, you know, them moving by other things or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I thought that was, cool. you know, what, what you don't know is, mm -hmm. is that is blood smearing across <laughs> the windows from Batman, just plowing yeah. through Gothamites. <laughs> I'm sure they did something. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's innocent. <laughs> 
You think um, you're innocent? Swear to me! <laughs> and they can't even hear him because he's in the car. <laughs> I'm blood now. I don't have a mouth. I'm just blood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they think as their consciousness ebbs away. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> they... Uh, I have so, no mouth yet. I must scream. Oh, that's a good... Uh, speaking of, of titles of things that are... Yeah. That are sentences. Classic mm-hmm. Harlan Ellison uh, Star Trek episode. I am I am blood, but I must scream. It's <laughs> a pretty good update. Thanks. Um, uh, go so ahead. I'm sorry. He's uh, you know, so he's not allowed to be. He's you know, he's like, I was gonna let you go out, but now you can't. And then, so Dick Grayson is doodling away in his notebook, and he's like, you know what? The whole like black and gray and blue thing isn't working for me. So I, he and. And Batman destroyed the the suit, so I'm going to just go out. I'm going to make my own suit, and yeah. um, you know, and why shouldn't? And so, uh, so he does, and it's a pretty cool looking suit. It's like the classic yeah, Robin suit. Yeah, it's got the gray utility belt, which is a cool addition, and black pants. And um, I guess he always had green gloves, but uh, and I think it's just an R instead of an R in a circle, but. Really excellent update to the classic Robin. Love it. Costume. Love it. That's yeah. all I want. That is all I ever need in a Robin costume. Mm-hmm. Just that. I love that classic Robin. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Especially for Dick Grayson's, mm-hmm. like when they flashback. I get why you don't want to put him in the Speedos. Yes. You know, now when we flashback. But what else looks right for Dick Grayson? Right. Um, and, and this does it. Like this nails it. And I. Uh, so then it turns out that, you know, Batman also realized that the, the previous look wasn't going to work for him. And so he made him a Robin costume as well, which is probably way better armored, but doesn't look as cool as yeah. Dick Grayson's one. Um, unfortunately, it looks exactly like the Flying Grayson's costume that he famously wore with uh, his parents when they were the Flying Grayson's. So... Um, uh, the twist at the end is that Killer Croc was also in that circus and recognizes him, which is a very cool idea uh, to yeah, have Killer Croc have been in there. And I bet he was horribly mistreated while they were the the bells of the balls. Um, and so I would imagine that Waylon Jones has some um, an axe to grind against him. And, um, you know, I'll tell you on the next page there, JD, the speaking of the art, the trapeze is just in like line work against this background i think it looks pretty cool nice yeah i like that yeah what do you think about it i love the tie-in i uh, the fact that they tied in waylon to uh the grayson circus or the haley circus man that's what a great idea of course of course they've got like an alligator man that's kind of dope nice remembering Um, uh the name of that circus too that was uh, classic comic trivia um, but, uh, it's almost as if we talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, isn't that funny how, uh, super secret identity right. and I'm going to, I'm going to make my costume look exactly like the costume that I wore when I was a famous trapeze artist in a circus with my Touring family who all wore the same outfits. Yeah. With printed material still in existence yep. about this. Now, Dick Grayson, I can understand, but Batman also makes this costume. Yep. And yeah. Um, but what are you going to do? He's Robin. 
the secret identity is blown wide open, presumably. Bruce Wayne will be found out very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the entire entire point of the series, I'm sure. Sure, probably. I mean, that is how... Now I'm trying, to, now I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look at this... Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm looking at this Batman version of the suit, and yeah. I don't know if people would automatically tie those two together. Oh, you know what? Especially since this Robin... Yeah. That's a good point. Robin is not usually caught in the the newspapers, right? He's not usually they don't they don't you don't get pictures of Batman and Robin. That's true. That's yeah. true. They go out of their way for that not to happen. And only the now, super only the superstitious and cowardly lot that is the criminal. Exactly. Across them. Who they want to see. But now let's go to the the time that the picture that we see of them in the in the, you know, bill or whatever, uh, of the Flying Graysons on the last page. I mean, it does look pretty similar. Yeah. However, it is it is well in continuity that he based his Robin costume on the Flying Graysons outfit. But generally, it's just like kind of the colors game. Yeah. Um, um, the, now, we won't even touch on the fact that he designs for this 12-year-old boy, a very bright and vibrant costume while he wears black. I feel like we are touching on it right now. Oh, I just touched on it. <laughs> you touched on it. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, the costume he designed was, at first, very dark. But uh, then he's like, well, I'm sure he'll be fine. What if I made him more visible to the shooters? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and make it harder for him to blend into the shadows using yeah. the training that I have provided. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was good. I enjoyed this. Uh, this yeah. uh, oh, and he also mentions his Nightwing yeah. alias. Yes. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's like, oh, maybe mm. I should be called Nighthawk or Nightwing, Nightwing. or something. Yep. Which is a little bit of a, I always thought it was cool that he gets that. Um, I liked how they tied that into Superman's mm. Candor identity. Um, in later years, they've said that you know, because Dick Grayson and Superman are, are friends. They're like some of the original, you know, and, and Dick Grayson has known him for many years. So when he leaves, uh, Bruce Wayne, he is like hanging out with Superman and, and chooses the name Nightwing based off of the secret identity that Superman has when he's in Candor. Or actually, I think by that time, it's about a Kryptonian legend or whatever. But, yeah. you know, I don't. I never liked that. You didn't like that? Yeah. I just thought it was a nice way to tie in the fact that Nightwing was already an existing DC name, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm also there's totally no re- fine. There's no reason for Nightwing to have another... There's no reason for him to pull that from anything. You know what I mean? I just like that it was his thing originally. Yeah. And sure, sure. Didn't need to, and, and I'm fine with it they, being that. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they go a step too far with like mm-hmm. making sure every single thing is connected mm-hmm. to another thing that previously existed even though we didn't know it existed and that's just for no real purpose. Hmm. You know, I don't think it really adds anything to the mythos. Other well, see, than with them, trivia. With them, I, I thought it made sense because, hmm. you know, Superman and Batman have worked together so much. And Robin was yeah. a part of that, that they they're they're close already. You know, I, you right. know what I mean? If it was like this was, you know, I don't know. Uh, some other thing. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Then forget yeah. it. If it was like, thing, like Speedy is trying to come up with Arsenal and he's yeah. like, hey, they had an Arsenal on Krypton. <laughs> I'll yeah. be called that. That'd be weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, why was I called Speedy? I'm not the Flash's sidekick. That's stupid. 
Yeah, and it's nothing to do with anything that he does. I mean, he no. shoots arrows quickly. Arrows are very speedy. Yeah, the arrows themselves are speedy, and he's yeah. probably good at firing them in rapid succession. That's about <laughs> it. I guess. <laughs> One would hope that's the only thing that he can do. <laughs> Let's talk about the thing. Let's talk about him. John Carpenter's The Thing, 1980. I don't forget what date it is, but great movie. I love that movie. Um, The Thing from Marvel Comics, written by Walter Mosley with art by Tom Riley. The next big thing begins here. Renowned storyteller Walter Mosley brings his signature style to a sweeping saga of Yancey Street's favorite son that will range from the urban sprawl of the back alleys of Manhattan to the farthest reaches of the cosmos itself. A lonely evening and a chance encounter or is it? Oh, is it? Sends Ben Grimm embarking on a sojourn that will have him encountering and battling figures both old and new, featuring guest appearances from figures drawn from throughout the Marvel Universe, as well as precision artwork by Tom Riley. The next big thing will remind audiences why The Thing is one of the most popular and beloved characters in the history of comics. Is it beloved or beloved? I always say beloved. Beloved. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. This was cute. Yeah. This was a cute thing story. I don't yeah. care about the Fantastic Four. No. But uh, I do enjoy occasionally a good thing story. He's, yeah. he's a very fun character for me. Uh, I love the design of him. I mistakenly thought that this was a Chris Somney cover. Mm. Um, very Chris Somney type art throughout. Mm. But um, yeah, this was really, really cute and fun. I really enjoyed it. What did you think of it? I liked it, too. Um, I am all about the Fantastic Four. They're one of my favorite Marvel properties. Um, and and the thing is a part of that. And so I like it when the thing shows up. Um, you know who else I like when they show up? Who's Willie that? Lumpkin. Yes. He's always Who's Willie fun. Lumpkin? Why, Tell that me. is the Fantastic Four's mail carrier. Yeah. Um, and uh, as you informed me today, a one-time parano- paramour of may parker otherwise otherwise one time paranormal (laughs) yeah probably at one time right there's got to be at least one story um and uh so i love a good flashback to the halcyon days of the kind of core comics concept you know what i mean you know it's something when they're first starting or whatever it is um the art same thing we just got with robin exactly right yeah but in kind of a different way. I mean, that one is a flashback to like kind of an untold tale of his formation as Robin. And this one is is just a, hey, here's the thing when he's at his prime thingness. You know, um, they're, I don't know if they're just starting out, but no major changes have happened yet. You know what I mean? It's standard Fantastic Four kind of stuff, even though they're not, the rest of the FF aren't really in it. Um, the art, I think, very well supports that. You know, it has a flashback 60s kind of feel, almost like a Darwin Cook without actually looking like the way that he draws things, but just kind of has that vibe of uh, of a, a return to the mid-century modern comics. Um, the coloring also goes along well with that. And um, I liked it. It was, yeah, it was just like a cool thing story. 
nothing nothing much has been laid out yet but you get like he and alicia masters are on the outs this is a cool splash page with you know the bodies of well a lot of people (laughs) actually virtually everything including who is that eternity up there one of the one of the major marvel cosmic entities so yeah and you liked it too well good (laughs) i'm I'm so glad to receive your nod of agreement on that one. <laughs> I'm eating a Twix bar. I see that. I see it. Now, they do make mention at one point, since you're eating a Twix bar, of um, there's a sculpture of Ben Grimm that Alicia Masters has made that's like the only sculpture made out of a meteorite. And I had occasion to remember that ancient Egypt had um, iron way before most anybody else because of a meteor and they refer to it as like a space rock and uh i think it was king tut had a dagger made out of this iron and it 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 advanced their society you know um since they were able to make iron before we could create things that were hot enough to you know smelt it or or you know what no i'm sorry not iron um steel i guess right or Hmm. okay it might be a I'm a little fuzzy on that part, but we as a species didn't have the technology yet to create a kiln hot enough to make this itself. Yeah. Uh, to make this alloy. And because I don't think iron is an alloy, it's a, it's a metal itself. Um, I guess it was probably steel or some kind of alloy created in the meteor. I don't know. Look it up yourselves. You have enough information <laughs> if you're interested in it. It started off so strong. Too. I know, like, right? I really believed you. And you're like, maybe I mean chili. I don't even know. Well, everything I said is true, including the parts where I said, hey, I'm not so certain. Right. Wouldn't we rather have that than me just or anyone yes. just kind of bull straight onward? But um, you, you've got enough that you're intrigued. Yeah. One hopes. They, I'll go find they, out some they, more yourself. They invented pizza because it came on a meteor. Exactly. And yeah. now you know. Uh, knowing <laughs> is half the battle. Robert yeah. Monroe Jr. says, I picked this up yesterday because I'm a fan of Mosley, but hmm. $4.99 for a regular sized book. Yeah. So, Walter Mosley, I know the name. Uh-huh. Who, whomst, whomst be Walter Mosley? I don't know who that is. Yeah, I know the name too, and I couldn't tell you a thing that he's done or where I know it from. Friggin' Google it. Yeah. I see Walter Mosley books. This is gripping. Hey, there's that guy. He's 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 elderly. Uh, He's sixty nine years old. He lives in Los Angeles. (laughs) <laughs> Why do I want to, well, tell me something else a review of his <laughs> body of work <laughs> oh he wrote uh devil in a blue dress and a bunch of other novels oh, yes yes devil in a blue dress i've heard of that the awkward black man that's not what i'm calling him that's the name of one of his novels uh trouble is what i do Oh, this is pretty. Sweet. I mean, judging books by their covers, which I know you're supposed to, these look really cool, actually. I mean, how else would you figure out what book you want to get next? Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, don't let that be the end of your judgment, but um, you guys will be happy to learn that it was, in fact, iron, the metal of heaven, as they called it, uh, that the ancient Egyptians were able to harvest from some nice. meteors. There you, you go. You are correct. Awesome. 
Uh, Mars <laughs> says, this sounds very interesting. I will definitely look it up myself. Dan says, need to brush up on your metallurgy for this one. Oh, I did Robert it. Monroe said uh, he wrote Devil in a Blue Dress and a bunch of other novels. Cool. So uh, I like this. This was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. This uh, One of my favorite things is Silver Age comic books retold in a yeah. modern format. Yeah. I am a sucker for stuff like that. Batgirl year one, Robin year one, mm -hmm. stuff like that where we get to experience some of the classic heyday of yeah. these That's it. The characters. Heyday. Yeah. Yes. Um, the salad days. The salad um, days. Of these characters, but through a modern storytelling lens that mm -hmm. speaks a little bit more to my sensibilities. You know, mm -hmm. reading some of the classic Fantastic Four stuff is a, is a chore for me because of the way that comics used to be written. But yeah. I do like rereading those types of stories with current writing techniques. Yeah. So uh, this was right up my alley. I think it was a lot of fun. And... Um, yeah, I recommend it. Now, that being said, hmm. $4.99 price tag. Hmm. How many issues is this? I mean, how many pages, I mean? Uh, it's about 31 pages, including the cover. Oh, so it's bigger. Uh, a regular right. comic book, $3.99 yeah. comic book, is usually about 22 pages, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So Depending this is on a the little company. bit extra. This is a little bit extra. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Next, I'll tell you. Well, I got see. Noel's not here to unclick all the things that I. So I got to take off the, remove the thing, and then I got to go to the, the banners, and yeah. I got to unclick that thing, and then I got to click that thing, and then I got to go back to the. I got too many tabs open, and Long then I got to go. Hey, promo block, Q Brian. Oh, hey, JD. <laughs> you know what I've been thinking about recently? It's um, Patreon.com. Uh, oh. yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. But you know what would be cool? If people could take valuable substances or representations thereof and uh -huh. somehow give them to you and me, but more so you. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, uh, I would like them too, but is there a way that yeah. they could give them for the purposes of us continuing this show? You, you, if you have an overabundance of iron, you can yeah. mail that... Mm -hmm. Iron to us. Uh, you yeah, go to patreon.com <laughs> slash patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. You can help us out that way. I, listen, I know 99% of you listening aren't going to do it, yeah. uh, but that's fine. You can just hang out with us. You can, you can put us on your calendar and come hang out with us Monday nights at nine o'clock. That's really the most important thing. Share, like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. That's, that's the real, that's the nitty gritty, right? Yeah. Um, not that we don't love all of our patrons. We Thank love you them so much. a lot. I was so excited. We got a new patron this month. Is that right? Uh, a new $5 patron. Cool. And then I was like, oh, look at this. And then like the next week, another patron dropped. We're still even. At least it wasn't the one who just signed up. Right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's oh, like, well, uh, this I'm isn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, anyway, you can do that if you want. You don't have to. No pressure. It's no. fine. Uh, we'll it's still like, love you. Whatever pressure you feel uh, from this pro block, that's the extent yeah. of the pressure. That's um, it. Is there any kind of uh, physical commodity that they might receive? Some sort of uh, something you could stick to something else? Yeah. Anything of that nature? So, I'm in the middle of 
<laughs> right now, most of the majority of people who are uh, patrons have subscribed for the five dollars. It's just like a basically a tip jar, five dollar tip jar. But if you come yeah. into my shop, you get a crisp high five. Uh, and for some reason, people I put that in there as a gag, and people are choosing it. Oh. So, um, what? Uh, oh. I'm thinking of doing another one that's like maybe 525 because I want to do a sticker club wherein mm -hmm. I draw a new sticker every month and send you a new sticker. Mm. But more than $5 seems like too much for a sticker. So I'm like 525, maybe 550 mm. um, just to cover the sticker and the shipping. Well, they're also supporting, they're not just buying a sticker from you, JD, which they can that's do true. at your that's shop true. at 4327 Main Street. But, um, and you they're have also, a lot of different stickers. They're Are also they helping elsewhere? my recovery, helping my, my LASIK recovery. Yes, help JD have the ability to see, to draw more stickers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they're not just buying the sticker. They're also contributing to the show. So $525, $550, $500,000, whatever yeah. you feel. I'll is take better. all of it. Yeah. So side note, I yeah. am. I find it very difficult not to. First of all, I got to look down. So here's the camera, right? The camera's up here. Sure. So I'm trying to look at the camera, but then I also want to see you because you're talking to me. But yeah. then I also keep looking back at myself because I'm not, it's been, I'm 30. No, no, I'm not. I'm 43, 43 for 30 odd years. I've worn glasses ever since I was eight years old. I wore glasses. Hmm. So this is the first time I'm seeing myself without glasses for yeah. an extended period of time. Yeah. So I, I keep getting distracted by myself. One woman, there was a Trump supporter hmm. uh, way back in the beginning. Hmm. Of of the Trumpdom. Hopefully, and, she's come uh, to the senses, turn it around. And uh, she, I forget what we were just talking about regular stuff, and then she got mm -hmm. really mad at me and started um, uh, insulting me. Mm -hmm. And the one insult that she threw at me that has stayed with me till now is that she said I had Down syndrome eyes. Oh my god! But it's what a strange thing to tell somebody. Yeah, and what you know, a every time I see my eyes, I'm like. What does that mean? Do I have Down syndrome eyes? What does this mean? Also, who cares if I do? It's fine. Yeah. But and I think it. I think it. What, I'm an, like, what an Down unsurprising thing for somebody who supports uh, that kind of thing to say, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll take yeah. old. I got some old eyes. I got some. That's true. I mean, I, I, got some, I actually that's think true. That's true. Thanks, that's Brian. Compliment. That's true. Yeah. They are old. Yeah. Crow's feet in there. Rapidly aging. No, I, I think that... Uh, when somebody says like you have old eyes, I always took that as a compliment, right? Like, oh, I see. The the wisdom, the age in 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 your essence is shows through your eyes. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, take that. Stickers, That's probably Andy. what she meant. She probably mistyped old. Yeah. She meant like old, wizened, yeah. experienced yeah. eyes, but she accidentally typed Down syndrome. Well, she's made a lot of mistakes, uh, <laughs> or at least one other one. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're my favorite. I love that. Wise eyes, says Dan H. He also says he's ready to go. level up to that sticker tier. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Dan Syndrome's eyes. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's the other thing is I don't want to seem like I feel insulted by it, but right. I do feel perplexed. Right. I do feel sure. perplexed because I'm like, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah, um, it, it oh, means that she wanted to guys. insult you, and she's uh, yeah. Not Couldn't as think kind of anything else to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Mars. Mars, I see why you hang out with us, and not your husband. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sure he's wonderful. Uh, I'm very. You probably guys. spend other time with him, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> I would assume any time that's not filled with a podcast. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Also, okay. what's your husband's name? Is he watch with you? Does he? Is, is it he Venus Comics? Out? I hope it's Venus Comics. Venus Comics. Yeah. That would be cute. That would be. Don't waste your time thinking about her, says Dan H. Done. Let's move on to not thinking about her. All right. Uh, let's go to the next comic. Down Syndrome Venom number one from... <laughs> I can't stop thinking about her. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Venom number one Marvel Comics, written by Al Ewing and Ram V, with art by Brian Hitch. An epic new era for the sinister symbiote starts here. Hot off the heels of Venom number 200 and Extreme Carnage. We're closing out 2021 with one of the most ambitious books in symbiote history, an all-new Venom from some of comics' greatest talents. Marvel mainstay Al Ewing, who himself has just ended a character-redefining run on Immortal Hulk, is being joined by Ram V, a horror maestro all his own, to craft a mind-bending and gut-wrenching tale of symbiosis the likes of which the Marvel Universe has never seen. As if that wasn't enough in all caps, they've been joined by industry legend Brian Hitch in all caps, who is leaving it all on the page, exclamation point, all caps. We haven't led you astray yet, have we? So trust us when we tell you that you have never all caps... Cena Venom, all caps, like this exclamation point. I don't know if they've led us astray before. I mean, how would I know? Maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just never found out. Um, What did you think of this Venom, all caps, Brian? I thought it was cool. I thought before we get into the book itself, it's weird. On the cover, it says Ewing V Hitch Curry Sinclair. I feel like Ram V <laughs> should have his whole name there. Yeah, <laughs> not just know? V. Right, exactly. It just but sounds maybe, like it just sounds like Al Ewing is about to fight Brian exactly. Hitch. Exactly. It's gonna fight Brian Hitch. Um and maybe they did. I don't know. Now, also, maybe I am completely in the wrong. Maybe Ram V would be like, no, that's my last name, and that's what should be there. Um, and if that's the way he likes it, then, then by all means, um, as far as the story itself, it was cool. Um, it, you know, it's a new thing on venom. It's in the aftermath. The new, the new way it is for Eddie Brock is that he now, uh, kind of can almost not help himself from traveling between these different symbiotes, you know, and that's causing some problems with the child that he is trying to raise when he disappears for several weeks at a time and isn't aware of it. Um, I kind of thought the new Venom book was going to be more just Dylan in the Venom suit with the chains. I'm not unhappy that it isn't. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm in the idea is cool. I like, I like this cover too. I like how they've done the, the title, the indicia on, Venom kind of um, Venom the character is in behind Venom the word and uh, kind of bursting uh, bursting out from under it Um, it's interesting I love cosmic stuff Venom is not the character that I most want (laughs) to be cosmic you know Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm never going to turn down a cosmic story and it certainly makes sense given Venom's backstory. It's just something they've never done. It's also not something that I ever really needed them to do. You know, um, maybe a bunch of if you found out more about the symbiotes, but Venom is still Venom. That would be one thing. And I mean, I guess we're getting a little bit of that with Dylan 
as the new Venom. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll see where it goes. It is, <laughs> we see uh, through Eddie Brock at one point goes uh, kind of adrift through time. And Kang says that he is his oldest friend, which mm-hmm. I imagine we'll get some backstory on that one. Because uh, yep. those are two characters who I don't think have ever shared a panel before. Right. Um, and, uh, oh, and the antagonist, or if not antagonist, the the thing that seems to be uh, the problem has red eyes. Now, I don't think it's null, and I really hope it's not, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, it, I, I don't think that that's what they're going to do. I just, you know, it, enough with null. It, that's been dealt with. Let's see what's next. Um, I do, however, I like this place that Eddie winds up, this uh, this garden at the end of all that is, um, with this guy who seems to have a symbiote on himself or to be a symbiote or something like that, it, just because of the color scheme, uh, black and white, the way that they draw it. So I'm a little intrigued as to what's going on there and uh, what the story is with that. How about you? I really was excited about this. I yeah. really liked what Donny Cates was doing with Venom for the past five odd years mm-hmm. uh, and the King in Black and Absolute Carnage and all that sort of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And he was pushing the character into new territory with, you know, he's going to be going up against the, the God of the symbiotes and stuff uh, like that. And I was with it. I was with it the whole time and I was very excited about it. This one first issue was mm-hmm. not particularly exciting for me. Um, I don't like cosmic characters particularly. I like ground level characters and Venom was always a very ground level character based on an existing ground level character, Spider-Man. And yeah, I, I, I'm torn because I love and I feel this, this is a comic book geeks ongoing battle, right? Mm-hmm. I love when characters get pushed forward, mm-hmm. but not to such an extent that they feel like they are a completely separate character. Sure. You like and those Halcyon salad days. Yes. Yeah. Right. The yeah. aforementioned. Yeah. So uh, I love that they're doing this with these characters and mm-hmm. they're moving things forward. And Venom is no longer a bad guy. He's now a hero. Yeah. And, you know, you can only be a, a villain for so long in comic books without having some sort of arc wherein you're trying to redeem yourself or, you know, whatever. So And that, and to course, be fair, that's been Venom's deal since, like, the 90s. Yeah. The, since the Lethal yeah. Protector storyline. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, which I also didn't like. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> so uh, this is much better than that, for sure, mm-hmm. than Lethal mm-hmm. Protector. And I love that he's got a kid and, and he's got a Venom. Uh, and the, the the problem that they're having, uh, their relationship stuff is very interesting to me. He has um, the Venom, I believe, right? Like the right, symbiote he has the that Dylan has is the original Venom symbiote. Yeah, Dylan yeah. has Venom. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then it seems like Eddie doesn't have any symbiote, but he is, he can just think about it and he right. can jump from symbiote to symbiote. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting, right? But mm-hmm. for some reason, it just... Uh, like this, this specifically the Kang thing kind of frustrated me a little bit <laughs> yeah. because it just felt like a very kind of cheap little, ah, I bet you didn't see this coming. I bet you didn't know that 
Kang frustrates me as a character because writers can do whatever they want with Kang, Mm -hmm. even though it's never been mentioned before because, well, it's just a, it's a Kang in a different time, time bit. Now I'm a sucker for Kang, right? I, anytime Kang shows up, I'm like, Oh, Kang's back. Um, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't, I wasn't against it, but I was still mystified by like, Oh, how does that work? You know, Mm -hmm. um, I can't get a beat on that character. I can never get a beat on Kang because I feel like every writer that writes Kang has to reveal some heretofore unknown (laughs) information about Kang, though you didn't. No one had any idea. Okay. (laughs) Why? Um, See, I haven't seen that as much. I just, you know, I love the time travel, the different Kangs, the Council Mm -hmm. of Kangs, all that stuff. And the fact that he is different, like, he is also Immortus and, and yeah. Ramatut, you know, um, at different points in his timeline and may or may not be descended from Doom or Reed Richards or both of them. Um, it, now, something I didn't notice is that on the page with Kang, you've got yes. the Venom symbiote or some similar one, but he's got the white like on the top of the on the top of the hands like Venom does. And it is on fire, which it looks kind of like oh, I this. See. Yeah, like it looks oh, like it's coming yeah. out of me too on first reading. Yeah. Now this could be a problem for the symbiote, but my looking at it now, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's coming out of those fingers, which, yeah. as we all know, is one of the Venom symbiote's only weaknesses. So yeah, that that's and sound. Yeah. That and sound. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Bedlam. This guy looks kind of cool. Another yeah. symbiote. It looks kind of cool, though. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to read more of it. All right. But for whatever reason, this one just didn't grab me as much as I had hoped that it would. <laughs> you know, can you go back for a second? The um, There's a page where there's a symbiote who saves Dylan. And the symbiote is, like, looking like kind of a mix between Venom and the symbiote Spider-Man costume. Yes. Who is in sort of like regular clothes. Yeah. <laughs> but they are a shape-shifting, color-changing race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why does he... Maybe they can't just do faces like that, right? Like, Right. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, why not... Like, why leave that one part looking like a symbiote? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than to let him know that it's me. Oh, that's a good point. And also right. us, but that wouldn't make sense in story. But yeah, he yeah. does. And he does. Dylan does say, you. You. So there you go. Uh, here's the other thing. Right. This is a brand new number one. Yeah. They should have told us who the heck that cat is. Absolutely. I mean, I read um, some of the end of the Null stuff for the show. And I vaguely remember there being a cat. But I don't know. But I don't remember who that cat is. No. Like, he's obviously a symbiote or something symbiote-related just because yeah. he's all black with some some color markings. But other than that, I don't know at all. Yeah, that, that should have been explained for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. – I'll, I'll keep up with it. I'll see how I like it. Um, I'm not basing my judgment on that because I really do love the character and I've been reading him for so long that uh, I don't want to just drop good. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we got one more book before we get the heck out of here, and that book is called. Ah. Uh, what is it called? Uh, 
What's the furthest place from here? Uh, Yes. Number one from Image Comics, written by Matthew Rosenberg and Tyler Boss does the art. Triple sized first issue. A post-apocalyptic coming-of-age story from four kids walk into a bank's Tyler Boss and Matt Rosenberg. The world has ended. All that remains are gangs of children living among the ruins. But Sid believes there must be something more out there. When she disappears into the wastelands, her gang will risk everything to bring her home. A story about the things that matter most. Your survival, your loved ones, and your record collection. Oh. Um, how's your record collection, Brian? Um, of the three things that a- matter most... Yeah. Um, How was your record collection? Somewhere between non-existent and maybe somewhere in a box with a bunch of other stuff uh, that I haven't seen in 20 plus years, if I have any. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what you're uh, saying is your record collection is not one of your f- three... It's, well, no, I mean, clearly that is the three most important things. I am just sorely lacking oh, in that area of my <laughs> life. Uh, no, it is not. Oh, yeah, I see you have on screen. Hugh Mann says, I love me some Batman, my dudes. Good talk. And I have to uh, give some recognition to the to the name Hugh Mann being, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure, a Futurama reference um, when there's a the aliens from Zoidberg's planet infiltrate and one of them says his name is Hugh Mann. So gotcha. excellent reference. Nice reference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's how my record collection's doing. What did you think of this comic? Uh, okay. So a little bit of backstory yeah. because you yeah. didn't ask for it. Uh, I really liked Matt Rosenberg's and Tyler, uh, bosses, four kids walk into a bank. Awesome. Uh-huh. Awesome book. Uh, certain things didn't occur to me. One specific certain thing did not occur to me as I was reading it that you brought to my attention when we did a book club about it here on the Cult Pop Podcast Network. Mm -hmm. um, Which is totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I still like the book. I still think it's really funny and clever and and just a a walloping good time. So I was very excited about this. And one of the cool things about this particular series is... Uh, number one, well, I think a bunch of the issues have special edition copies where it comes with a new vinyl release from a band. Oh. So you get the first issue, and if you get a certain copy of it, a certain edition, you get a um, like a seven-inch record as well. Like a different band every time? Yes. Oh, I see. Made yes. for um, this comic or just something they're already releasing? That I'm not sure. Okay. But um, I love punk rock. I grew up in the punk subculture. Um, so I was very excited about this. There's a bunch of punk rockers. I didn't really know what the story was. I didn't know that it was post-apocalyptic. Um, even looking at the cover here, it just looks like a, a worn down house. It doesn't really look like it's post-apocalyptic. Yeah. So I didn't realize that. Could be pre-apocalyptic. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was really looking forward to it. That said, it was fine. I was not as enamored with it as I was really hoping to be. Um, I don't think it's quite as funny or charming as mm. four kids walk into a bank. Mm. It really doesn't have the same kind of vibe at all. Uh, it's not as, you know, it's not as whimsical. I don't think at least not the first issue with mm. uh, four kids. So it's definitely uh, an adjustment there. The art is really nice. The color scheme is really nice. Uh, it's very sort of 
specific to uh, Tyler Boss's style. Mm. Um, yeah, like I even like, this, like I, lo- I love stuff like this. This looks great. So like the title, the, the title page, the yeah, title. Big, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah, that is cool. So uh, it's fine. I'm going to read it because I love yeah. the team. Yeah, but I, I can't say that I, I was blown away. Yeah. Uh, most um, a lot of the fun was we were talking earlier. A lot of the fun is for me seeing all of the punk references in the backgrounds and in the foregrounds. Yes. Uh, stuff like that and being like, <laughs> oh, I, I the know. ones in the mid ground. How do you feel about that? Oh, they're also also great. Also good. So, good, good, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and another yeah, title yeah. this week that is a sentence. That's good. Yes. yes. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, uh, I also liked how think? they did the chapter titles. That was yes. pretty cool. You know? Yeah. Um, what did I think? Nothing new. Nothing I haven't seen before was in this. I thought the art was great. Um, mm. I really like this kind of style. It's it's not dissimilar from some other stuff that um, that we've seen this week. It, it has a kind of the quality of this art fits this story very well, yes. and it um, it's very evocative of the time period. Even though this particular time period has not existed on this planet, um, it's like evocative of the time period that it's set in, just like the thing was, and um, and I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, I like the colors that are used. I like it when comics that are set post-apocalyptic or whatever use this kind of art and color style. Um, that being said, there was, you know, it was just like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic story. There's gangs here. This is the gang that you're following. There's another gang that's a problem. Um, they got a tenuous piece that is not going to last that long or never lasts that long. And um, there's a mythical kind of city somewhere, you know, something that you yeah. can reach that is outside of these people's experience, that kind of thing. So nothing earth shattered. Oh, and the, and the other gang, they all wear pig masks. These people yeah. are all into records. They all have their signifying thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean like a hundred million, post-apocalyptic stories before it, all of these things are present. Um, the story I thought was, was ably told like it, I moved through it. Well, it, um, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't have me stopping at any point or like feeling like I didn't really feel like keeping going. Um, I love this. I love this, um, this visual representation of the guy who has been stabbed. He has come Mm -hmm. back and you can see his inhaling and exhaling, uh, the oh, rise yeah. and fall of his uh, stomach oh, uh, where cool. he's been stabbed. Yeah. Um, and then that's how we find out that the character has eventually passed on because there's yeah. two panels in a row where it's just, oh, there's yeah. no inhalation. I didn't notice that. That is yeah. pretty cool. And, it, and I was talking about, there wasn't an, uh, any comedy in it, but I got to say very fun scene when uh-huh. we come across the uh, rival gang uh-huh. Uh gosh, what's the name of the rival gang? I don't recall. Uh, me neither. But the pig mass folks. The pig mass and folks. Probably that. They're, they're trying to figure out who's in whose territory, or like it's your uh-huh. fault for for letting letting an adult into your territory, and then they have a huddle and they go and they go, Yeah, but you wouldn't know about it if you weren't in oh, our right. territory first. And they're right. like and then they have a huddle <laughs> and then they come back yeah. and they have a back and forth. That was yeah. Awesome. I love yeah, that, that was scene. Fun. That was yeah. very funny. 
Yeah. You bring up an interesting point. So they, much is made about the adulthood, right? Like once you're an adult, you cannot be there anymore. And which is also not something, I mean, that was in a Star Trek episode too, the original series. Um, And not specifically, just something with like in the post-apocalyptic environment, there are no adults. Um, The main or who seems to be the main character is pregnant, right? Yeah. So that's interesting to me. Like, how is she not an adult if she is pregnant, right? Like, what is the defining characteristic of being an Mm -hmm. adult if uh, that you need to leave once you reach this point, right? And there's also, there's these two... I don't know, these two, like, creatures. Um, yeah. I don't know what they're up to, but they're up to something. You know, they, they look kind of separate from everything else, well, maybe we, mystical we, in some way. What we know about them, what we're told about them, mm-hmm. is that um, the, those two shadow figures mm-hmm. bring new family members, right? So they call oh, whoever's right, right. In, their, in their gang their family and they are the ones who drop off new family members, new children. And when people become adults, I believe they are the ones who Get take them, them away. They're called they're, they're they're called the strangers. They're the strangers. They proclaim. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, yeah. I also I, I think it's not just a case of the kids in this record shop being like, ah, you got to get out of here once you're adults. I think that is part of the post-apocalyptic uh, landscape. Right, I right. feel like, like people are something happens away. to the adults and there's only kids, kid gangs yeah, left. Yeah. Well, because that's the guy who comes back who was stabbed is an adult and he somehow made his way back yes. having been stabbed and then, and then dies. So they don't find out much about it. Um, yeah. Now, we were talking about music before. I am not, I mean, I, I like music. I am not super into it. I never listen to it in my home, really. Not never, but very rarely. And so whenever a story is like, music matters, I'm like, does it? (laughs) You know, like, is it, does it matter this much? Like, is it the pathway to truth or anything or your identity or whatever? And to many people it does. Some of us, yes. Right, sure, that's fine. I don't necessarily vibe with not with those people, you and I vibe, JD, but, um, Mm. you know, that is a story beat that doesn't land for me. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, Hollow Notes is cool. You don't like Hollow Notes, man? Come on. Um, But apparently they're not cool. And, and, uh, you know, whenever much is made of, of music as like a story point, I'm like, I'm a little underwhelmed. Um, Now, that being said, I am also sometimes underwhelmed when they make a similar big deal about stories and the nature of stories. And I love stories. I mean, I do a weekly podcast about comics, (laughs) you know, hosted by J.D. of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Um, But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a little hollow to me when they do that. Now, this seems to just be like their gang signifier. Once in future. Once Uh, in future. All right. So I'm sorry. Uh, earlier, <laughs> Brian was saying this exact same thing to me about yeah. this comic book and about stories and about music. And I was like, there's something on the shelves here that whenever I mention, whenever I'm trying to like tell people about it and express what the, what the story is about, mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's about all, you know, modern Arthurian legend. And Oh, but it's also about the power of storytelling. And I could not remember oh, okay. what the series was in the shop. 
And so I had to blurt it out just now, interrupting Brian, because it was, here it was more blurted. important than what he was saying. Yeah. Um, yes, it was. Let us never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> what were you and, um, and I liked Once in Future when I read of it, and I, and yeah. I want to read more. Oh, it's great. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, that, that being said, it, it's not a hook that's going to grab me, but it's not going to turn me off of something. Like, it doesn't make right. me dislike it. Well, it can turn me off a little bit, but it didn't do it too much here, right? Like, yeah. I wasn't like, oh, I don't like this book because of that thing. Yeah. Um, and, and another comment about the art is the um, starkness of it, I think, works yeah. really well for yeah. this story. There's a barren quality to it and, mm -hmm. um, and a heavy quality to some of the things that are present, that, um, like in the line work. And yep. in addition to the colors, I, I just think the art works very well in general and for the story that they're telling. Yeah. So you know, the more yeah. we talk about it, the more I'm liking this, this, this issue. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good, good. I have a feeling this is going to grow on me. Um, mm. especially, and here's the other thing. I read it like 20 minutes before the show. <laughs> right. So I haven't had a lot of time to digest it, but I am really enjoying flipping through it again. Yeah. And also yeah. the based on a true story. What an interesting, ballsy thing to write. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like clearly not based on a true story. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's whereas I'd be real upset if it said that and there was any possibility that it was based on a true story yeah. and it wasn't. In this yeah. case, it's like, well, this is not obviously not based on a true story. So it's fun. It's a cool thing to write. Is Let me I'm trying to remember. There's a movie that did that as well. Like the beginning of the movie, it says based on a true story, but it's obvious that's impossible. I'm trying well, to remember what that was. I want to say it's maybe Scott Pilgrim or something. Oh, that, that would be Hill. fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, based on a true story. Was that not? No, that was not based on a true story. Um, <laughs> the uh, You could be thinking of the 13th Warrior with Antonio Banderas. Which I could be, except I've never watched it. Fargo. Fargo, does that? Fargo say, oh, is does. the one. That's right. Yeah. Well yeah. done, Mars. Yeah. Nice. Fargo is the one. Um, uh, no, I movie. was really. Oh, it's an amazing movie. Yeah. It's an amazing first series of the television shows. Well. I never saw it, but it's Ooh. constantly suggested to me, and I would watch it. I just never did. Do yeah. it. Uh, okay. The other. What was the other thing I was gonna say? Um, Fargo, Scott Pilgrim. Shit, it's gone. Never mind. Go ahead. Um, the The Thirteenth Warrior is also a film that I have never seen, but I did read the book that it was based on, Eaters of the Dead. And the idea is that a manuscript was discovered, which appears to be the uh, like some some historians are reading it. And this is like the true story that Beowulf was based on. Oh, OK. And it's a real good Michael Crichton. Um, when I was younger, when I read it, I thought it was kind of slow in the beginning and then it really picks up. But I'm much older now and, and I I. You know, I'm not going to say that anyone else would have that feeling about it. But, um, yes, I don't know how the movie is, but the book's really good. And it is similarly kind of purports to be a true story, even though it's obviously Which, not. What's the novel again? Eaters of the Dead. Oh. Or The Eaters of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like they're Neanderthals. Like, the monsters are Neanderthals, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. What were you going to say? Um, well, first of all, Dan says the art here gives me Paper Girls vibes. Hmm. Uh, agreed. Yes. Uh, the, the color schemes and everything, the layouts and everything, very much like Cliff Chang work. Yeah. Cliff mm -hmm. Chang is the artist behind Paper Girls. He also did um, my all time favorite Wonder Woman run by Brian Azzarello. Oh, yeah. That's a great run and great art on that run. 
Yeah, it's Cliff Chang, baby. Yeah. And then he's doing Catwoman Lonely City yeah. right now. Writing right and now. drawing, I believe. Right? Really good. Yeah. I remember what I was going to say about, yeah. based on a true story. What was it? I remember being devastated uh-huh. that a certain movie was purported to have been based on true story. Blair Witch. And was not. <laughs> was it the Blair Witch? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, uh, okay. Because they go hard into, like, this is what happened. And in mm. the annals of history, the most horrific thing that has ever yeah, happened. Yeah. And, you know... You know, there are supposedly files and like there's a scene of the police coming in with the thing and doing all this stuff. And I, I was I when I was a kid, I was like, oh, my God, that really happened. Like what? Yeah. Uh, and then it was just very, very loosely based on the fact that Ed Gein ate some people once. Um, yeah. It's not based on a true story at all. And I was that like, sucks. are they allowed? To, I remember thinking. I don't like Are that. Are they allowed to do that? Are they allowed to lie to me like yeah. that and tell me that a, a fake story is based on a true story? I'm Can they just no. throw that around? I, I'm going to say no, they can't. They got away with it, and they shouldn't ah, have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in my Those personal view, bastards. no, you shouldn't do that. <sighs> that was it. You know, I actually wanted to see the Blair Witch, whatever. I forget if that was the full title. When it the, when it was coming out, I was like, the Blair Witch Project. That's right. Um when it was coming out, I was actually interested in seeing it, which yeah. you'll remember, I'm not interested in horror movies, so that was a rarity, because I heard, because they said, that it was based <laughs> on a real thing, you know, that these were actual found footage, right? Uh, and then uh, uh. before I before I um, was, <laughs> was waylaid into seeing it, I found out that it wasn't real, and I was very disappointed, and I lost all interest in seeing that movie. And, you know, I was like, huh, nuts I'll to that you. then. Yeah, I had the same experience. Yeah, up to a point. Mm-hmm. I had heard about it, and I went down to the Ritz, a mm-hmm. very tiny movie theater. This was like literally opening day mm-hmm. before before it was like famous and was all over. Right, the place. right. It was like very limited release, and I went to go see this film that was, you know. We all know, right? Um, And I had no idea that it wasn't found footage. Ah. I left that theater thinking it was Mm. actually found footage. Now, whether or not, you know, I was was curious about whether or not it was all fake, like just faked uh, found footage. Right, right. Um, But not not enough, because I was fucking terrified that night. I Mm. remember going to bed. um, I was with my... um, girlfriend at the time and uh, i thought it would be funny she went to the bathroom uh-huh. and uh uh it was like i was still living at home with my mom or whatever and uh, my girlfriend goes to the bathroom and she was staying over and so i go and while she's away i've got charcoal because uh, mm. i'm an artist and so i've got charcoal i get the charcoal out and i draw which you probably don't even know what it is there's a stick figure oh that's i know created, figure. yeah 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 in the in the movie and so i draw that on the, my door and i'm like i'm gonna spook my girlfriend uh-huh. and she gets in and she's like oh cute whatever that's fine <laughs> and i wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> and i just see that stick figure and i've scared myself to, sh- to i could not fall asleep I got up and I, I got rid of the thing and I went back to sleep. I was terrified, brother. That yeah, movie scared the Jesus out of me. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, eventually we found out that it was all fake. But right. you know, I was at the very at the impetus of it, where before everybody yeah. was talking about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I must have, you know, like there's no way I would have heard about it unless everybody mm-hmm. was already talking about it. But yeah. it was early enough that the people were still saying this is found footage. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, yeah, you you tried to trick me. And now I'm not interested yeah. in your film anymore. <laughs> ah, see, I respect good marketing. I respect fun marketing. I really I mean, like so that. Do the I, fact that they, right? they had the actors like hide away and not do any interviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And I remember there was a website, there was a fake website that they put up hmm. with all of the information of the missing kids and oh, all yeah. of this information about the Blair Witch and how long it's been a legend and all this other stuff. And I did deep dives. I was, I was reading every page of that website, getting all spooked out. And that was out not a shit. legend at all, right? Like they just made no, it up entirely. They made it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just um, fabricated it like the Slender Man. Oh, yeah. Um, see, now I, I'm i of two minds, right? I like the idea. Like, I like committing whole cloth to that kind of, like, marketing thing in theory. Like, oh, that's yeah. really cool. But on the other hand, I, I am I'm also very committed to tr- the truth, <laughs> you know? And, like, yeah. not, not saying a bunch of bullshit as though it was true. And there being nowhere in there that says, hey, this is a bunch of bullshit. We're just saying that it's true. There's no reconciling those two things, right? If you want to do this, you have to do one or the other. It's not going to be a cool marketing thing if you hide away the actors, but then also have at the bottom, like, disclaimer, this is some bullshit, you know? So um, I think I would come down on the side of, no, don't do that. Because right. don't manipulate me emotionally. Right, exactly. Because I want to find some real crazy stuff, you know, in this world. And if you make me think that I have come across some real crazy stuff and it's not real, I'm gonna be pissed. So Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um all right. All right. Still a good movie. I still, still hold, it still holds up. All right. I actually Excellent. quite like it. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else we should discuss? Probably not, because I got to go do my orders. So, no, I think not. And also, my eyes hurt. Yeah, oh, that sucks. Do you need to yeah. put an eye drops in again? When Probably. was the last time you did it? Probably. I'm supposed to do it every two hours. All right. Well, but also, I've been... got these, I got to put in my blinks. Got to so put I in those my, blinks. I had my first, my first juice, my eyeball juice. I had to put in my steroids. Uh-huh. And now I got these little self containers, these little self serving containers. Oh, they're like those. Um, Seems very, very, very wasteful. I don't like this. I don't like yeah, that each one of this. Just give me want, another one of these. I think you probably want real sterile stuff for that. You know, that's you, a good you know, point. It, it, is it reminds me of those uh, much derided and despised little wax soda bottles that we were talking about the other week. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, does it not look like those with the two sips? No, yeah. half a sip <laughs> of, uh, of some liquid in there. <laughs> it's just syrup. It's just like one droplet of syrup. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, all right. Oh, no. Right. I dropped my headphone. Oh. All right. All right. Oh. Okay. There it is. Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us and doing the Batusi. Excellent. Uh, oh, we got comments. Wait, I got to catch up on these what comments. Got? What Hold on. Uh, let's see. Wait, the Slender Man is made up, says Mars Comics. Oh, thank God. Disclaimer, 
this is some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Mars is great. Uh, great show, guys. Thanks. Rest your eyes, JD. Thank you, Mars. Uh, no, tell okay. your husband who had a cool name, Carly, C-A-R-L-I. There you go. Tell Carly we said hi. Yes, and, uh, we said hi. And, and, and if I may prolong this show for just a second for a word of wisdom from me. They, so he says, wait, the Slender Man is made up. This reminds me of a legend that, um, that I have heard, but it applies to, to any legend, right? This is from my hometown. There's this, like, let's say there's this thing out in the woods, right? It's like a, a witch's cabin or whatever, you know, something like that. So there's two possibilities. This is not a real witch's cabin, so there's no reason to go. Or it is a real witch's cabin, so leave the witch alone. So there's like, no reason right, to go. Exactly. <laughs> like, why? There is no reason you need to go to this cabin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh amazing well done Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, you know i miss doing the horror podcast we used to do i used to do a oh, show yeah. called the cannibal horror cast boy do i miss doing that i love talking horror movies with yeah people. uh but all, all of my co-hosts uh got too busy yeah. um, no, maybe you, you don't you, wait, you don't watch horror movies so fuck me yeah. i guess we won't do them yeah. well we could do a horror cast that's um about something different and called something else yeah yeah, 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 it's perfect. Like, uh, like uh, what about comic books? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. We love you. Thank you for hanging out with us. Be well. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. This is